Hello and welcome to the Hashtag Trip Friday Night Multimedia Podcast coming to you from beautiful Super Syntex Studio on Franklin Avenue in Waco, Texas. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. It is beautiful. I'm Chad Conine along with Trip Sports Editor Bryce Cherry. Um, Bryce, I think one of the things that we do well on this podcast is try to recognize greatness wherever we see it and wherever we find it. Mm-hmm. And um, with the passing of, of Eddie Van Halen yesterday, I have, to, I have to kind of point things in this direction because Eddie Van Halen to me was a virtuoso. You know, like, he wasn't like, like the coolest rocker, like a Led Zeppelin type, and he wasn't the most important rocker, like a, Le- like a Nirvana, you know, like Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. But he was a virtuoso at guitar, um, and uh, I, I have a I have a specific Van Halen story that I want to tell you in a minute. Okay. But just so that we're not completely off the sports trail here, <laughs> can you give me uh, somebody that you think of in the sports world that that is kind of a virtuoso in the same way? That kind of defined their craft and was just better at their craft than most people. So when I think of the word virtuoso, I think of. Uh, Almost someone who's sort of a magician, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can mm-hmm. sort of blow your mind, he or she. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you are aware, Chad, I am a big basketball fan. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of times these questions take me to a very basketball place. Right. Um, and your immediate thought might be, well, if you're talking about a magician, he's probably going to say Magic Johnson because, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. magic mm-hmm. is in the name. But I'm going further back than that. I know what you're going to say. Pistol Pete. Yeah. Uh, I saw that on your icons list on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. Well, yeah, you know, he's the... Uh, yeah, that's a great point. I, I did a, one of those top ten deals on Facebook where you list one of your favorite athletes each day. And, mm-hmm. and of course, every one of mine were like a Houston Oiler, Houston Astro, Houston Rocket. And then Pistol Pete was the outlier. Mm-hmm. And I always... Uh, even though Pistol Pete sort of came along too soon for me to really appreciate... I always uh, got into watching highlights of him and and reading about him and stuff. There were there was a little movie about him that was pretty decent, um, but the, a lot of good books have been written about Pistol mm-hmm, Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just you know loved the way he played because he did things on the court. Uh, that were clearly for show, mm-hmm. you know. He he understood that you know you, you try to win, but you also, if you can, try to put on a show for the fans. I mean, he treated like regular games, like it was an all star game, you know. And and uh, and I appreciated that fanciness of his game, and mm-hmm. and I would go out in, in the driveway and try to mimic his moves a little bit, and, and it was fun, you know. So that's that's the guy that comes to mind when you say that now. You know, when you, I can think of a parallel between the two guys because both of them were ahead of their time. Both of them would have been amazing YouTubers. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, they. <coughs> so there's I remember this. One of the first things I watched on YouTube way back in early 2000s was Pistol Pete highlights. There's this guy on YouTube. You remember when Ann One 
was a big thing, the, the mixtape tour or whatever. Right, right. Uh, there's this guy called The Professor yeah. who uh, who's kind of a Pistol Pete type on the playground, you know, right, right. who's got a lot of uh, crazy handles and, and moves, and, and he'll go out on the playground and he'll put on like a Spider-Man suit mm-hmm. and just beat somebody, you know, wearing a Spider-Man suit or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. I love that stuff. That would have been Pistol Pete. You're right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then a friend of mine, Texted me late last night that he was thinking of me and watching Eddie Van Halen videos on YouTube. So there's mm-hmm. that, you know, there's that sort of parallel. And I and and I'll get to my Van Halen story now because I was a big Van Halen fan. And, and of course, my friends, I have multiple friends that have texted me, you know, about about Eddie Van Halen's passing. And and it, I appreciate that because, they, I mean, it's true. It's they they were I was you know. Um, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, right? And so Right Now was a big song, you know, like mm-hmm. during like my middle school, high school type sure. of age. But here's the thing. I played high school freshman golf and I didn't have a very good year. I got, you know, a bad case of the duck hooks and, and just didn't have a very good year. I mean, I, I wanted to play high school golf really bad, but it just wasn't going all that well. So... Um, it comes up, you know, my between, somewhere between my freshman and sophomore year, and I had some good friends that had just graduated, and we had all got this got Van Halen tickets, right? Okay. Um, for August fifth, nineteen ninety-three, it was an important day in the history of me. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, and then it turns out we come to that summer and qualifying for my sophomore year for the golf team. Guess what day that fell on? I'm going to say August fifth. August fifth, nineteen ninety-three. So I had a big decision to make, golf or Van Halen, mm-hmm. and I chose Van Halen. Yeah, well, you did have a case of the duck hooks, so that was right, right, right. probably you know a good decision, and it's not like you've given up golf, you still play. No, I still enjoy it. In fact, I enjoy playing golf, I enjoy playing the guitar, there's the things that I'm not great at, maybe not as good as I'd really like to be, but I enjoy the heck out of them, you yeah. know, but... Um, but uh, so I picked, but I also started being the sports editor of the Panther Post that sophomore year too. Okay. So you know, kind of went that direction. Mm-hmm. But Those also, who can't do right. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Say that again. Those who can't do. Oh right. Yeah. 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 Comma, I've never heard that. Right. That I've never heard it. But whatever. Whatever. Uh, but do you know what happened on August fourth, nineteen ninety three? By the way, the day before that I went to see Van Halen because. We enjoyed the heck out of this as we were waiting in line because it was at Coca-Cola Starplex in, in Dallas. And so we, we had lawn seats. And so we got in line at like 3 in the afternoon so we could be right at the front of the lawn seats, you know, and, and, and have that experience of it. But do you know what? And we talked about this thing. It was one of the most amazing things that's ever happened in the history of Texas sports. Happened on August 4th, 1993. Is this when the... <laughs> Nolan Ryan showed how Texan he is. <laughs> it is exact that exact thing. Have I told you this story before? <laughs> no, but uh, but go on. Yeah. So so the night before just happened that Nolan Ryan uh, threw a little bit too close to Robin Ventura, and then Robin Ventura made the historically bad decision of charging the mound <laughs> yes. against Nolan. I mean, that didn't was, work out well. There are moments in your life when you make a decision that's going to define who you are for the rest of your life. And no matter, I mean, Robin Ventura could go on to win multiple World Series as a manager. He's still going to be the guy who got beat up by Nolan Ryan. Yeah, no doubt. That's unfortunate for uh, for him. You know, it's it's uh, kind of unfortunate for like 
um, Kermit Washington, you know, who who was the guy who threw the punch that almost killed Rudy T, you know, yeah, yeah. because he'd done some okay things in his career to that point, but he became known as the guy who threw the punch, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and unfortunately for Rudy T for a long time, he was the guy who received the punch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, once... Once he did win a couple championships as a coach, that sort of redefined him a little bit. But was he hospitalized? Oh yes, he was. He was hospitalized. He had like a brain bleed. I mean, it was bad. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, are we going to talk high school football? I, I was about to say, let's pivot. Okay. And, uh, go to high school football. Like the last like Ross and Friends podcast, huh? Like Ross and Friends. Pivot. Yeah. Pivot. Yeah. This. Yeah. Okay. Good reference. I yes. Guess. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll make this pivot by going to your pound for pound high school football rankings. What do you got this week? Well, first of all, I do appreciate that we do mix in some other things into our podcast. We want to give a, a little something for everyone. Uh, right. But um, no, no changes in my rankings this week. I still have the same top five. Everybody won last week, so. Uh, give, those a, give us a rundown. Maybe. I will. Yeah. Uh, so number one is Mart. Number two is La Vega. Number three is Jonesboro. Uh, four and five are the C teams, China Spring and Crawford. Mm-hmm. Not C in terms of their grade, but in terms of, uh, <laughs> you know, their first letter. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about these five teams on the podcast. I do want to take this moment and again, maybe for the second time this season on the podcast, rail a little bit on the texasfootball.com rankings. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um did, I, I, did Jonesboro drop again? Yes, they dropped again. And so I, I'm digging into it a little bit more. Um so Jonesboro starts the season preseason number two in the state in these mm-hmm. rankings. And now they are number nine <laughs> and yet they are six and oh Okay, mm-hmm. they've done nothing to disprove that that preseason ranking. Um, they've been either at the state quarterfinals or the state semifinals each of the last several years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know they've they've lived up to these rankings in the in the postseason in the past. You know, uh, five teams ahead of them in the rankings have losses, and one of the teams, Borden County, is three and two. Now. Borden County lost to the number one and the number two teams. So that one, eh, you know, I mean, uh, but three of those six wins by Jonesboro are, are 45 mercy rule wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of the games have been close. Maybe they haven't played the same caliber of opponent as some of those other teams in the rankings, and I guess that's the thinking in it. But I just, I've never been a fan of, Winning and moving teams down. I mean, well, Bryce, you know more about the six-man football landscape than I do. Okay, are there areas of Texas and maybe groups of teams that are kind of like the SEC of six-man football in Texas? I, I mean, and might tra- it be that Jonesboro is a little bit on the outside of that? Traditionally, uh, the power in six-man football has certainly been more to the west. Mm-hmm. You know. And and Jonesboro probably is on the fringe of that, you know, being mm-hmm. a, a Central Texas team. Um, but I think over the last maybe twenty years, we've seen a little bit of a shift mm-hmm. in six man, you know, coming a little more towards uh, 
you know, the central part of the state. Obviously, we've seen teams around here that have done really well, mm-hmm. like, um, I mean, Blum Cal- and Abbott have won state championships. Blum and Abbott. I mean, before that, Calvert was another one that mm-hmm. won a state championship. And they're so, pretty solid this year, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, they're they're right up there. And so, you know, there are some really strong six-man programs around here that shouldn't be overlooked, and to me, Jonesboro is one of them. You know what we need to do? We need to try to get Granger Huntress on here with this. That'd be good. Yeah, guys. we could do kind of a six-man podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be good. It would be smaller. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yesterday, to pivot again, yesterday I was in China Spring um, watching the Cougars practice, and I got to talking to Jesse Lopez, their baseball coach, mm-hmm. and, and his football assistant right. um, at Jesse's one of those guys that I know from Midway. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, you have a number of those guys. Right. There are a lot of them. Uh, so we got on the subject of the Mark Panthers, the, who are the number one team in your rankings, and China Spring is number four in, in, in your rankings. And, you know, it, it was kind of one of those things. And, and let me stop down and go off script to this for a second. But we, we were having a frank conversation about the fact that when we get into the playoffs, Unfortunately, it's not too hard to look into the future right now and see that there are going to be playoff games that teams are going to have to forfeit. I mean, doesn't that seem like an inevitability? It certainly seems like a possibility uh, and a strong possibility. Yeah, I mean, uh, which is unfortunate about the COVID era. And, you know, I don't know what the UIL's plan, probably worth checking into on on, on what they'll do if that happens. I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, if, you, if you're in a situation like Fairfield is, where you have somebody test positive on a Friday, you don't have very many options, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, I'm afraid it's going to be one of those things where you just shrug and you go, man, it's tough. But 2020, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and certainly not putting a jinx on anybody, but, I mean, in 2AD2, if you have that situation in 2AD2, and Mark can't go forward for that type of a reason. It's almost like you don't have a legitimate two AD two champion. Yeah, uh, that would be. I, I hate to use this word, but uh, I mean, tragic. I mean, you know, that's uh, just because. First of all, it's of quite elite group teams that have won four straight state championships, mm-hmm. and Mark has the chance to to join that very exclusive club and. Uh, Rodrell Freeman, I think, could you know do something that um, I don't think any Central Texas player has ever done. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that that would be something in itself. Um, so yeah, I mean, Mart is the team to beat, and if they were not able to you know defend their crown because of COVID, I mean, you're right. It it's it sort of you hate to use the phrase asterisk, but it does sort of put an asterisk on. Well, and I don't bring it up for any other reason, and hate to even think about it. But I mean, it, to me, it's just it's just a situation where whoever won two AD two, if they didn't have to beat Mart or Mart didn't lose, then right, yeah. But it brought up an interesting, another interesting point between me and Coach Lopez, and I said, I said, look, I'm not trying to diss anybody or cause a fight, but I think Mart versus China Spring would be a dang good game. So would agree or disagree? First of all, I'm going, just as you sort of concede to me that I know a lot of maybe more about six-man football, I'm going to concede that you have seen both these teams in person this year, mm. whereas I have not. Um, as you know, I'm in the office on Friday <laughs> nights. 
but this, first of all, this to me would be a nothing to gain game for China, for China Spring. Spring. Um, and well, let's not let's let's take it out of that. Realm. Well, okay, but I just want to I want to do offer some context. Here. Okay. Uh, years ago, Mart had a long-running series with Grosbeck. Mm-hmm. And Grosbeck was always at least a class higher mm-hmm. in terms of classification. And it got to the point where, as Mart is wont to do, uh, they were beating Grosbeck pretty repeatedly, <laughs> you know, year in and year out. And Grosbeck finally said, enough of this. I mean, we're canceling this series. And it was kind of a story. It was like... Dude, this series has been going on 80, 90 years, you know, and now it's just, you know, gone. It had been a really, you know, I think fun rivalry for those two towns. Uh, But Grosbeck was like, nah, we get nothing out of this because, you know, we're just going out every year and having to explain why we can't beat Mart, which is a a class at least below them. Right. Um, I, I, I think that, again... While conceding that you know these teams better than I do, I would think that China Springs' depth yep. would be uh, a big factor. I mean, that Mart would have a hard time competing with. I mean, Mart has very little issue going up one class and beating teams. I think when you start going up two classes, that's when the depth factor really starts coming into play. Um, you know, I and... These rankings, as as we know, are, are that I have are pound for pound. You know, mm-hmm. Mart in its division versus China Spring in its division. But it's not, uh, you know, if you put China Spring up against Mart, I think China Spring wins that game. That's that's my take on it. But would it be fun to watch? Heck yeah! And that's I think that was my point. It's a game that I would love to watch. I agree with you that China Spring would prevail at the end of a close game. Mm. But here's the thing. Can Mark jump out on 14 points on him in the first half? I mean, and, it, and mitigate that depth They've got the, the players. I think uh, the thing that would be fun for Mart is they would be highly motivated. Yeah. Well, he, But see, here's what makes Mart so dominant mm. in where they are right now. When they put 11 guys on the field, I mean, you just they sent 11 guys out there on the field, right? Against another team's 11 guys, don't think about how many guys are on the bench and can't come in, right? But the 11 mm-hmm. guys they put out on the field can match up with a whole lot of teams in the state until you get into teams like Westlake the other night or a Duncanville that, that puts 11 guys out on the field that look like they're just about ready to be the 11 guys on a college football game. Um, and I'll tell another quick March story. Uh, from this year, so it is relevant. Um, I, I told one on the podcast earlier this year about how Kevin Hoffman, a coach, came in and, and said, you know, this so-and-so from our area has this open date in, in their schedule, you mm-hmm. know, and he was, and it was a, a team in within Mart's classification. He was like, they're not playing us, you know. <laughs> he knew better. Right. He also told me a story, Kevin did, about um, getting a call from maybe an assistant coach, uh, like a voicemail, uh, from an assistant coach at Cal Allen. And (laughs) he was like, do they realize we're 2A? You know, I mean, he was just completely confused and baffled by this. 
But it almost makes you wonder if <laughs> Cal Allen had seen Mart and gone, man, they could give us a game. <laughs> you know? I mean, so, uh, yes, to your point, Mart, you're 11 versus their 11. They're going to make some plays against just about anybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what... That's why I said that, and then and then Coach Lopez was trying to tell Coach Bell that I'd said that as I was starting to do that interview. I, I, I was surprised that you had said this because it is one of those things that uh, I mean, I, I say it could be bulletin board material. They're not going to play each other, so I well, guess and, it, I, and you know, it's not, it's not like I'm out there saying, yeah, Mark can even whip China Springs, but. Right, you know, right. Not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you'd like to see it. It would be you'd like to see that game. Yes, yeah, yeah, so. Uh, I think we're about out of time, but any other cross-classification matchups that, that, that would intrigue you? Absolutely. The one that comes to mind that I'd love to see, La Vega and Midway. Yeah. Again, you're talking about two classifications up that La Vega would be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly uh, La Vega you know, doesn't really duck anyone. I think they would be up for that challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, but again, you feel like Midway's depth would be a big factor. But, you know, La Vega's got some ballers. I mean, they, mm-hmm. and and have had for the last several ye- years. So I think there's a lot of guys that, uh, you know, would make a lot of plays in a game against Midway. So, that that would be that would be one I'd be intrigued to watch. Uh, really, any year I think, you know, if you're going back to maybe the Tanner Mordecai Midway team, mm-hmm. you know, that probably wouldn't work out as well for for uh, La Vega because that Midway team is pretty stacked. But mm-hmm. you know, this year versus La Vega, you know, maybe that's a little more even. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's intriguing. You know, it, it's it's interesting because before maybe before Midway had as many Power Five signees as they had in the last maybe five to ten years or at least d1 signees that mm-hmm. they've had in the last five to ten years the team that i would compare midway to throughout the state uh just size wise and all sports wise would have been cal allen mm. and of course la vega beat cal allen in non-district this year so there you go yeah anyway all fun things to think about. That's what we do here on the yeah, podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. We like to dream. All right. Well, that's another week in the books.